with Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Yo, Prop, you know this guy right here? Justin Miller? He's a pastor out in... in um, he's out in uh, Florida, I think. You know that guy? Nah, dude. No? Yeah. All right. He's saying he loves you, and he's... he's oh. You don't even know him. He better call oh, you out dude. to come out and my bad play out there. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's cool, man. Uh, I met him through uh, Brian Jennings. I don't know if you know that dude. He, he does like a bunch of surf films. Yeah, yeah, I know that dude. You know, you know uh, Brian Jennings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's a wild man, huh? Rad. <laughs> I just he's, met him. <laughs> he's so rad. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've seen him around for many years, and uh-huh. then uh, I just hung out with him. I met him through this guy, Justin, and. Uh-huh. That dude is off the hook. He's comedy, man. Yeah. And then I went to go see him. He's actually, he, he does movies and he mm-hmm. does evangelism and he's just a yeah. super legit dude. So yeah, uh, I'm going to let him know what's up. But hey, Prop, thanks for being on the show. What up, though? Got man. a lot of people listening in for you. What's up, man? I'm glad to be here. What do you want to What do you want to tell everyone that's listening? Tell them, buckle up. Because <laughs> it's about coffee. to go down. It's going down. <laughs> well, man, um, you know, we've known each other for a while, but yeah. we never actually got to, like, chill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, the last time I saw you was, or the first time I think I seen you was out at uh, JJ's church yep. in New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first time we, like, did a thing. We did, um, we were on the Murder Your Flesh tour. Yep. And we, it was on our way back. It was on Halloween. Yep. Yeah, that was a, that was a kind of an interesting event. That was fun, dude. Yeah, yeah. that all these all these people coming around in their costumes, all these zombies yeah, yeah, during yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a crash course, man. Because I didn't know much. Uh, also, like, I didn't know much about like what you guys were doing, but it was definitely like a like. All oh, these dudes are they're cut from we're cut from the same cloth, man. I like these guys. Yeah, one hundred percent. But we didn't really actually know much what we were doing back then either. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we were just on tour, just letting people know that God changed our life, and yeah, then we came across you. And I remember JJ and even Sonny mm-hmm. would talk about uh, Humble Beasts and yeah. you know everything that you guys were doing. Yeah, and uh, he'd always be bringing you guys up, but we never like really crossed paths and yeah. and got to do stuff together. So yeah, stoked to have you here, man. Yeah, man, it's gonna be fun, man. So. That's uh, I want to just start kind of start at the beginning, like where you grew right. up. Yeah, yeah, origins. Uh, so I'm originally from South Central Los Angeles, uh, 67 to San Pedro. That's where that's where it started for me. Um, and if you're familiar with South Central, like especially really know your demographics here. Like so, San Pedro, and then the next street over is Avalon. And that's like basically the overlap of like South Central and Huntington Park. So okay. I grew up in a a uh, predominantly like sort of black and Latino environment. Um, so it was so, so because of that, like my street was just a, it was just a Mexican hood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah. So that's where it started. Uh, we soon moved to like, well, Covina, really quick, back then, yeah. was there a lot of gangs in that in that whole oh, area? I was going down, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's in there. It's like the it's like the Mexicans against the blacks, right? Yeah, it was all bad. But, but then you you grew up on a street, and it's all Mexican. I grew up on a Mexican street. How did that go down, though? I mean, what was the response there, bro? It was funny. It was like it. it it's crazy. You you don't. It's like you don't notice till you're middle schoolers. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, true. That's when the lines start like getting more rigid. But at first, it was like. I used to, it's funny, like, I, I tell my wife about this, like, there were moments I used to think, man, Mex- how come Mexican kids stare all the time? Like, they don't teach their kids, y'all don't <laughs> teach your kids to not stare. Yeah. And it was really just because I was such a unicorn. Like, I know now, I was like, I was just, they were probably, I was probably like first black dude they seen. So they were just, yeah. what, like, what is this? Yeah. I don't, so I have much more mercy about it now. But 
at the time, like, it was probably sovereignly, like, what kept me from gang life, you know what I'm saying, and, like, mm -hmm. falling in and stuff. Because my family just lived uh, a couple streets down on 73rd or, like, 64th and Vermont or, you know, mm -hmm. and... Crenshaw District, like they were, my family were, I mean, they were Crips, you know what I'm saying? And just, Dang. I just didn't live in their, live on their block. So I just, you can't, you can't rep a block you don't live on, you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's yeah, true. I think sovereignly it protected me from just being a part of, and I think ultimately helped me just have a much more sort of global citizenship kind of understanding of the world, you know what I'm saying? That mm -hmm. the world's so much more bigger than my one little square I live in. You it's know what true. It's true. You get stuck yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah, so then we moved to La Puente, West Covina area, which is, you know, also a Latino neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. um, spent a, most of my, like, sort of formative years there. Um, and then um, shortly thereafter, we got a tax return, moved to the end of the empire. I actually went to high school in, in Ranch Cucamonga because um, my mom lived there. I was kind of going back and forth between my mom and my dad's house. Uh, now, they were split at that time? They were split. They split okay. by the time I started high school. Uh, but I saw them both. Like, how, how, how was that? Because, you know, we know that the divorce rate is, is just massive in this time that yeah. we're living. How, how was that for you, like, growing up? Yeah, I think that, like, I didn't really reckon with it until I was in college. Mm -hmm. um, because I saw I saw both my parents, like, and they were very, very amicable. My parents were, you know, at the time, they were believers. So it wasn't, like, at least from what I knew, this, like, really sort of bitter it was like this like, toxic it was it now it was they just yeah. kept it from us you yeah. know what i'm saying so like and awesome. they were very real about like i don't want you to look at like your parents differently and then like as very possible like my father's listening or a lot of like yeah people that my father knows you know what i'm saying so yeah. like then and, and part of me is like the person that the dad that like the man that y'all know now yeah. wasn't necessarily the man I grew up with. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, and he made a gang of mistakes like the rest of us. You know what I'm saying? All of us. But I saw him all the time. So I think because the fact that like I saw him all the time, it didn't it didn't hit me the way like a lot of kids. It may have hit a lot more yeah. kids. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But it wasn't until like I became a grown up and was like, you know what, Dad? Like. Fool, you were wrong, homie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, uh, that I had to, like, really sort of reckon with all of that. But, I mean, I've, I always had a great relationship with yeah. both my parents. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so a, lot, yeah. a lot of kids don't have that that uh, luxury of actually seeing both of their parents. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's a lot messier. You know? But that's that's cool. So that, that helped. You know what I'm saying? And we were in, like, you know, another sort of, like, unfortunately unique uh, uh, situation is, like, we were in, like, a super, just a really healthy church. Like when cool. all this went down, like we were just in a great church, you know, and I had a phenomenal youth group and like, you know, and I mean, it was, I mean, we was hood kids, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like my best friend in my youth group, I'm uh, out him, like, I mean, we grown ups now, but like he, my best friend in my youth group was our neighborhood, like weed pusher, you know what I'm saying? But like, I, we just, we were in a great youth group, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And like these people, like, I mean, a lot of these dudes, these dudes were in my wedding, you know, when we came adults. So I think that like having sort of a family crisis inside of a bigger like body just it just it would have been much worse had we not had this amazing church you know what yeah. i'm saying cuz that you know you could be in that youth group and if the youth pastor wasn't reaching out to you and making himself available and having that environment God. you could just gone by the wayside that's why totally. it's so crucial that these youth pastors are actually in these dudes lives bro not only did we have like a dope like youth pastor i felt like and I man, I hope some of y'all listening now. I felt like all the dads at that church were my dads. Oh, that's right. Like they at some point, um, 
I, I can remember specifically, like, we would get a, my mom would get a phone call like eight in the morning, like, hey, have Jason ready. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, we're going to go lay concrete. Like, I, these just tough as nails, like these, like, Baldwin Park, like SGV, like former, like yeah. 18th Street, <laughs> yeah. like gangsters, you know what I'm saying? Like all these, like Florencia, Diaciocho, like La M.A., like these dudes are now believers. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And they can lay concrete. So yeah. it was like, you got to get up. You know, So me and all the boys, we'd get up and we'd go like work construction with these fools on Saturdays. You know what I'm saying? So I felt like. So even if we were out here running the streets, at some point you would run into one of these men. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And they were like, "What you doing on the street corner?" And it's like there was. So we just, I just had that and had that around, and like that was my church experience. Like, dude, that's know, amazing. It was super cool, you yeah. know. And the older kids were like, they were skaters. You know what I'm saying? They were like in these like legendary graffiti crews. Like, so this is the type of like I don't like a we. I think in some ways we were ahead of our time because. I mean, like we had a, like there was a, there was a graph writing crew, at my church. You understand really? what I'm saying? Like, and this is, I mean, this is like the '80s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, fools wasn't, we wasn't doing that then. You know what I'm saying? No. Like, our pastor was like, nah, let it fly. You know what I'm saying? So like, that was, I guess I just didn't have that sort of. It could have been much worse. Was, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It could have been much worse. But it was dope. But so, yeah. so when you moved up to uh, to Rancho Cucamonga. And you're going to school there. What was your experience there after moving out of Man, LA? it like, was that was like it was there's two sides of that story, right? There's mm -hmm. a part of you that's like, Damn, it's crazy, there's no helicopters in the sky, there's you no know, like yep. stray dogs and birds and you know there's kind of there was like that part where yeah. it's like this is a really this is a really nice house, you know? Um that was sort of a culture, like a like a culture shock for mm -hmm. me, you know what I'm saying. But then there was like the part that was, it was like was, it's like Friday. It was totally like Friday. <laughs> it was exactly like that because we weren't we were not the only families that had the yeah. idea of like we gonna get our kids yeah, out the hood, exactly. You know what I'm saying, and, and come to this nice neighborhood. So yeah. all these like L.A. kids, you know what I'm saying, landed in this neighborhood. In this, yeah. in this neighborhood. So like it was still going down because it was just. Well, were you from, yo, you from, yo, your family from, you know what I'm saying? We meeting out there, you yeah. feel me? So, like, and then, you know, juxtapo juxtaposed to, like, you know, the affluent sort of, like, white community that was yeah. already there. Like, and just kind of, like. How, how did that, yeah, because how did that affect you with, like, from what you grew up with, with, with writing and music and, uh, dude, I mean, what, what was, I mean, you had to be itching to be like, yo, I, I got to get out of here. Yeah, I, I got to get back to L.A. Yeah, I couldn't wait, man. There was because it, it was like there's. I mean, the the technical term would be like microaggressions, where it's like nobody's like openly being, except for there's a few times, but nobody's like openly being, you know, discriminatory. But yeah. just like, just kind of like under the surface, like side comments that like you walk away going, "Yo, is that that was hell the racist, right? Like that, it was." That guy shouldn't have said that to me, right? You know what I'm saying? But like, but if I say something, I'm tripping. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, so there was a there was a good amount of like those moments, um, and like moments where in any other situation, I probably would have like. There's a time this guy thought that like God made black people by like smearing them with like poop, like, and he said it to and me. He said that to you, yeah. And I was like, in any other moment, I should, yeah, I shouldn't. I should be firing on you right now, right? Yeah. Like that's that's what you 
you can't say that to a person. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But um, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, but then at the same time, it's like, yo, I discovered like that's where I started rapping in the IE. I started really? like, yeah, I started. Uh, I learned how to. I learned how to skateboard there. Like a lot of stuff that like even now. Right. Um, was, that wasn't really in the inner sea too much back then. It was like later. Skating. Yeah, it was like. Now I fell in love with hip hop in the inner city. Like, yeah, you know, my dad used to. Uh, what, wait, where, where were you? Uh, where were you uh, performing? Like in the IE in, during that time? Like, well, dude, like at that time, so areas like uh, I wasn't performing because I was just so you know, yeah, you're, too young. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it was just like if you we'd go over to like Etiwanda High or like yep. you know Upland or like Ontario. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Areas that are just a little different than Ranch Cucamonga. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we'd go over there, but I was still like me and my cousins were like hopping the bus back to Crenshaw to go yep. to like Project Blood. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and Foundation was in Pomona. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I spent a lot of time. I remember there. Foundation. Yeah, I spent a lot of time there, and really, like, I think that like Pomona's where like. That's where I became a battle rapper. That's where I learned. Like, that's really a lot of it happened in downtown mm -hmm. Pomona for me. A lot of stuff birthed from there. A lot that of little, stuff. That little area down there. That huh? little strip, dude. Uh -huh. That little strip right across from Glass House, man. Like, dude, is that crazy? What, okay, what year was this when you were when you were doing that? Like, foundation and all that? So this was 99, 2000. During that time. Yeah. Like, Mike and Dim Lights. That's where he became a poet. Like, all of that. Like, second. Yes. Yeah. Second. It was already Gary. popping down there. Yeah. That's where, you know. And because at the time, it's funny. Like, the Glass House, like, went through so many different iterations because i remember the glass house is like super hip-hop spot and then everybody else i know remembers that's just like grunge metal like you know what i'm saying so like I, it was just these two different like and worlds. then they were doing a lot of electronic stuff down there totally in that during that time that whole thing yeah. turned into like rave scene totally you know and except for wednesdays you know mm -hmm. the millennium lounge across the street was foundation you know what i'm saying and mm -hmm. it was just we'd out there till two in the morning freestyling like yep. battling each other yeah isn't that crazy it's crazy dude Okay, so from there, then, um, so you're you're getting into music and stuff. When did you decide to take it serious? Man. Uh, How, what was that whole transition? That transition was a trip. I was teaching high school at the time, actually in downtown Pomona, at the School of Arts and Enterprise, right? Is that, oh, that's on, what, what street is it? It's right across the street from the y, YMCA, right? Yep, right across the street from there. Yeah. I was, I was uh, one, of the, one of the founding teachers, yeah. No way. I, I came in the first, after the first year, there was only freshmen. When, when I started there, and yeah. so we wrote the 10th, 11th grade, wrote all that curriculum. Um, and it was, I thought I was going to do that forever, you know. Um, but I was, so I was rapping on the side. I was part yeah. of this larger collective called Tunnel Rats. We were doing shows, you That's know. That's a sick name. Yeah, it was dope, dude. Okay. Um, and uh, I just think one day, like, the phone just started ringing. It was, it was a, it's weird. It's like anybody that does music knows this. It's like you're eating, like, mayonnaise sandwiches for 10 years <laughs> yeah and then the phone rings and you're like i don't yeah. i don't know the phone ring you know what i'm saying yeah. that's kind of what happened you know i was teaching i was great and then they were making some like a few um sort of administrative changes that kind of made me notice that this isn't as secure as i thought it was mm -hmm. like you, you you do that because it's secure like don't just be a don't yeah. just go be a rapper you know what i'm saying like no fool finish college get a job which i did you know and then it, at, at, there came a point where I was missing so much work to go do music oh, yeah. because it was, cause it was the opportunity was there. Yep. And then I was missing so much music to do work. So it was like, you just got to choose, you know? And I was like, all right, I'll give it a year. <laughs> so, and okay. So how, how do you at this point? I am or at that. Yeah. At, at that, that time, point. Yeah. So I got my first record deal when I was 22, but I was Who still was that teaching. With? That was with Tooth and Nail. 
Um, oh, you did it? Really? Yeah, tooth so and Tooth & Nail had a subsidiary called Uprock. Okay. And it was a hip-hop, like, branch, right? Sick. Yeah, so this was 2005 or six. No, 2006 was the last year that I was like, I think I think this is it. I think I'm going to do it. So that so at the end of that school year, I was like, okay, I don't think I'm coming back. And uh, by this time, I put out like a – like I said, I had that record with them. We had – did this other side project called Foot Soldiers. I got to rap on the Warp Tour. I was like – Oh, really? You yeah, went on the Warp Tour? I, I yes. did like the, a few of the West Coast dates. Hey, it's all, all good. It, You're on the Warp Tour. Yeah, I mean, you can't – I was like – that's. <laughs> We did Smoke Out. We did Rock the Bells. Oh, sick. I did a I did a tour with KRS One. I went out with De La Soul. Like, so I had all these things like under my belt. Yeah. But was still getting up on Monday. Going you know, to yeah. go, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. none of these things were. I wasn't. I wasn't eating off of it. Like it was like. You're yeah. getting your feet wet. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And then when I finally was like, okay, you're actually eating off music. You just go ahead and do it. So that's what I did. Yeah. All right. So it sounds like that's that was going well. When did uh. When did you end up meeting your wife? Whew. That's a great story. So I had, she was mutual friends with sort of the sort of friend group. Her, her college roommate was dating one of my like music friends. Um, so she was around all the time. And, but at the time she was finishing UCLA. She mm-hmm. was like about to get her master's. I'm like, no, she's an adult. You know what I'm saying? Like you're a grown up. So I just kind of like, but I was like, she, I mean, she's the finest girl I've ever met in my life, but you're completely out of, like, you're, people say out of your league. I'm yeah. like, my wife right now has a PhD in educational policy and social. She's literally out of my out league. Of my league. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, that's not, a, I'm not exaggerating. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, she was, um, she was finishing that stuff up and we're both in relationships at the time. And then, Years passed. It was two years before I actually hit on her. So I finally hit on her um, after I'm coming home. Did she have a boyfriend? She did, <laughs> but not at this time. At this oh, time, yeah. I was like, man, I don't care. Because it was New Year's Eve. I just got off tour. The tour flopped, right? Oh, I got dang. dumped on the tour no. for the guy I was touring with, right? My my my. You got dumped? On for, tour for, the, for guy. the guy I was touring with. That right. is horrible. Right. <laughs> and it's all great. We're all friends. Like, it's like they're married now. They got three kids. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's great. You know, but like, so I got dumped. It's good to laugh now. Path. Yeah. Right. Right. Back then, I was just like, my life's horrible. Yeah. I'm I'm getting evicted out of our, our apartment. Oh, my God. The gosh. apartment's flooded. Right. My roommate's like, dude, I'm not staying. I'm out. So I'm just like, well, okay. So I'm $1,100 overdrawn in my account because the, the – Cause, cause only <laughs> half the rent's been paid. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's happening. It's flooded. I'm losing. I lost this tour. I just got dumped. It's a New Year's Eve party. I'm just like, look, dude. What y'all? What I got to lose? What I got to lose? <laughs> Give me one. I took took that liquid courage. It was like, what's your name? You know what I'm saying? So I just straight hit on her that day. It was like, this, it can't get worse. It can't get worse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so. Turns out she had her eye on me. I didn't know. She had her eye on me. And then, like, so that was a New Year's Eve. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. She lived in Oakland. I was about to move. It's crazy. I was about to move to Portland in June of that year so we could start Humble Beast. So I was about to start the record label, right? Um, So, but she was in Oakland. I was in L.A. I knew I was moving to, and you don't change your plans for no girl. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, whatever. Hit on her. 
I uh, had a gig in um, I had a gig in 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 Oakland coming up later on that month. I did that. Uh, we went and got dinner. It was like March. I was like confessing my love. You know, yeah, yeah. June we were in marriage counseling. Dude, November I propose, and we got married an hour later. An hour later. An hour after I proposed, we got married where, on our lunch where, break. Where? Just go down the court. Oakland courthouse. Yeah, that's it. Alameda courthouse. Got married that day. We had a wedding it. a year later. Yeah. But it was like she had a daughter, so my oldest daughter yeah. was from a previous relationship for her. So it was like, can't be playing around, dude. I knew that the day I proposed, in a week I was about to go to Russia for two weeks because I had some shows in Russia, and um, I was like, no, nah, I'm not. We're doing this today. Yeah, smart. Yeah. Hey, I'm dude. I'm all about it. I, I did the same thing. I mean, I I closed the deal extremely fast. Smart man. Because once you know, you know, it's like you just. Do I just it. don't know what I'm doing. I know I'm <laughs> supposed to do this. I just don't know what I'm doing. That was our thing. It's like I'm not going to marriage counseling to see if I should. Yeah. No, I'm gonna marry her. I just don't you know you what knew I'm she doing. was the one. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know what I'm doing. You know, I love hearing stories of like you know people that were like in divorce or married before, and I love mm -hmm. how God can restore. Totally. So, my wife, she was married before. Uh -huh. I got married before. Yeah. Both divorced. And then God just, and there's a lot of people that are listening now that, you know, I mean, you, maybe you're, you're in that same situation. God knows, he knows what you're going through. He's going to meet you where you're at totally. and, uh, he'll, he'll bring you, he, he restores, he restores, totally, man. you know, there's a lot of people that feel like, oh man, I already, I got divorced. God doesn't love me. And, and you know, my life's basically over. No, God will bring someone and yeah, he, he, he locks it all down. He's all about the grace and mercy. There it is. So, okay. So, hey, t tell me this about Russia. Tell me about this tour in Russia. Dude. How'd this go? Down? I've been to Russia. Yeah. So, it's St. Petersburg. So, we most of the shows were there. It's, it's sketchy there. Terrifying. <laughs> tell me. It was, first of all, it was, it was November, so it was freakishly cold. And... Fre freezing. freezing. Like, we don't have categories for yeah. that cold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um... It's just like, of course, the people that brought us out were like super excited. Like, yeah, they, it was different, but they just like just the. I was like, what? Were they this mean? Were they mean mugging level. you? Huh? They were mean mugging you, dude. And they and they kept trying to say like the people that were with us were like, they were like, there's a saying, Russians are smiling on the inside. So they're like, we're smiling. Like you just, I don't know why you guys like we're smile. Like we're fine. Like I'm not mad at you. I yeah. just don't feel like I need to show my teeth all the time. Yeah. So they kept trying to say like, dude, no, you're reading it wrong. You're reading it wrong. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna trust you. But have me at the hotel. But before the yes, sun yes, goes yes, down. Yes, yes, yes. Before, before the sun go down, I need to be in this building. Yeah. Uh, but it was a great time. I mean, like I, I, be, I mean, these, I'm still friends with these people to this day. Yeah. They, there was one moment I did think I was going to die, though, when Tell they took me. us to this orphanage, which was once we got there, it was like, this is the most, like, I've never experienced anything like this. Way out in the forest, like village, yeah. orphan, mm -hmm. just dirt road, you know, amazing, amazing moment, like with a translator, just doing poetry, talking to these kids. It's just amazing. Right. And then we get back. It's pitch black. And when I tell you. The fog was, when I say zero percent visibility, yeah, I, I was clenching the chair. Like, there's you, you, there's I don't know what's in there's. Take a white piece of paper and put it in front of your eyes. Just, yeah, yes. <laughs> it was that bad. That's how it looked outside. I was like, this. I how are we gonna? How how are you driving in this? Like, yeah. there's what? How do you know what's in? Yeah, it that's was, sketchy. I was like, we're gonna. I'm gonna. This is it. I, I'm glad I got married. I'm glad I married her. 
legitimately before we left. Dude. This, this might be it. You know, I was uh, I was in Russia on a skate tour, and um, our our team was very diverse. Like, uh, you know, we had we had one black dude, one dude that was half black, half uh, Japanese. Then we had a Mexican, Puerto Rican, yeah, and uh, and then we had a couple white guys, a couple Canadian guys. But when I was in Russia, I was coming back to my hotel room one night, mm-hmm. and and you know we're partying, doing the thing, and all of a sudden I hear, "Hey man, we we want, we have no problems," and it's 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 one of our black riders and our Puerto Rican, yeah, Mexican rider. So I come back, uh-huh. and I look around, and this big white Russian monster, Burly like dude. like yeah. Rocky style, like Drago, yeah. yeah, overlooking them, just breathing on them, and these dudes are like smaller, like you know, shorter Stage, dudes, yeah. yeah. And I, I get in the middle. I'm like, hey, man, I'm all, there's no problem. He pulls out a knife. I didn't see it. And he straight, like, tried, like, I thought he was trying to punch me in the face. Uh-huh. So I blocked him. And then he, he went to punch me again. I blocked him again. And I saw, like, red, like, liquid go flying. Yeah. I looked down. He sliced me here and here. <sighs> my hand. And then, dude, he chased me oh my gosh. down the hall with a knife. And I had to kick open. Because you know how Russia's sketchy? Like, the doors yeah, yeah, are, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. super old. Uh-huh. It's an old hotel. I kick open the door and I jumped in this uh, room and it was a bunch of people from like Sweden. Yeah. And I shut the door and like I'm bleeding out. They had to get a belt and wrap it around my oh arm. Oh my gosh. And I'm looking out the people looking for the dude and he's gone. So I peek my head out and he, I look down and he has the, uh, he has a, uh, the Puerto Rican dude with a knife up to his neck against the wall and then he just walks away. So then I'm like, dude, I'm like bleeding out. I'm like, dude, I got to go to the hospital. So I call down to the front. They're like, yeah, we'll just come down. I walk down. He's in the in the front of the hotel drinking vodka oh my on the stairs, hammered. And, and I'm like, "Hey, that's him right there." And they're like, "Just leave him alone." And they put me in a taxi, and I just like, what? Yeah, he was just chilling. Yeah. Welcome to Russia. Yeah. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna say? <laughs> We're not gonna stop him. Like, a guy just sliced your hand open. And then go to the hospital. That was a whole other situation. Yeah, <laughs> so that's why I was asking about Russia, dude. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's wild it was, there, huh? It was gnarly, you know. And like I said, our host treated us very well. You know, it was great, but it was just like. The in between stuff where you're just like, Wait, yeah, I'm staying real close to you, homie. Like, it's it's so. Have you been back? Haven't been back. No, it, it's dope though. It's Russia. It's everything's like big. You know what I mean? It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But you want to? You don't want to go in the winter, I'm not, dude. I'm not going in the winter. I'm never doing that again. That was like that was a level of cold. I'm not. I'm California. Because hey, you're inside. Like we went like in like uh, it was like the Grand Opening Skate Park. It was like in December uh-huh. or something, and we were in a bus with like. You know, fifty people on a bus. All the all the skaters going to the location. The heat was on, but we were beanies, jacket, gloves, and it was like still freezing. Like you're yeah. still freezing. It's like you're outside yeah. inside the bus. Yeah, yeah. It was like this, I don't know. I have no. I don't. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. All right. <laughs> so, uh, um, so you're touring. You're hitting Russia. What What are some other uh, some other cool? I want to talk about your family and and all that stuff after the break. We have a okay, couple right. minutes left, but um, yeah. tell us a couple other cool. Stories of how God's been using you going on tour and dude, yeah, what are some man. cool things you've seen? Because you, you, you know, your message is, um, you know, it for the listeners, if you don't know, he does have an I Am Second film, he has actually two out. Two of them, yeah, you yeah. can check that out. I Am Second films, go to YouTube, Google his name, uh, Propaganda I Am Second, and you'll see the two films. But basically, yeah. um, you know, your message is hope, man. Like, I know you Absolutely, love God, yeah. you love people, and um, just tell us some cool stories while you've been on tour, yeah, man. I think, um, if if I were to try to like sort of codify like sort of what I hear often, most of the time it's like prop you make me feel like I'm not crazy. I don't know if that makes sense. And I, I think in a lot of ways, like, you know, we like I said, like cut from the same cloth, it's like I exist really much more in the fringes and in like sort of the 
the sort of the side areas to where it's like, you know, me and you, like, we don't, we, we're, we're off script. Like, we don't use the, we don't use the, the recognizable talking points, like the shorthand mm-hmm. of like, this is what a Christian is supposed to sound like. Like, yeah. like, I don't, I don't speak that language. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's a subculture that I'm just not a part of. Christianese. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't talk like that. You know what I'm saying? So because of that, you know, a, a, a normal response is to sort of like, if, if you're, if you're, your shorthand is unrecognizable. That means you're not safe. You're you're the outside. You know what I'm saying? So there's a whole world of people who are on that outside. Yeah. So then what I keep hearing from tour is like I, I'm stepping into that space and going, you know what? I Yes. Like, God, you've put you've put to words what I've been trying to tell my family, my children, my pastors, my friends. You know what I'm saying? It's like you you, you make me feel like there's a space for me. You know, and that's for me one of the best like compliments. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I can get is like somehow or another I was able to articulate um, a guttural sort of yearning in your soul. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you know, those moments. Hey, I'm gonna have to put you on pause for one second yeah. because we're going to the break right now. This second. Yeah. For all you listeners, we'll be back in two minutes with propaganda. More live with Ryan Reese coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what warn you. What up, what up? We're back. Got propaganda in studio. Yeah. So, hey, man, before the break, you, you were just talking, I was talking about how, uh, what God's been doing in your life when you've been touring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you've just been saying how you've been going out and the way you speak is what I love about the way you deliver uh, when you rap is um, it's not Christianese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the one thing that, that really drives me crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> when I hear uh, Christianese because it's not the language of the culture. Yeah. Jesus did not teach us how to speak Christianese. He yeah. says to be wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. Yeah, man. Be all things to all people. We need to go out into the culture. We need to be of the, in the world, but not of the world. Mm-hmm. And um, and the the culture doesn't understand Christianese. Yeah, and lucky <laughs> I don't either. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of stuff. I'm like, what, do you, what does yeah. that mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah go yeah. ahead and tell me what you're saying. Yeah, man. So I think that, like, just when you can speak to sort of that guttural, because, I mean, without getting too ethereal, like, it, there are yearnings, I think, inside of us that are just part of being human. Like, it, it, if you think, okay, so every civilization has a concept of prayer. We've been praying since the dawn of human. You know what I'm saying? Before we knew who we was talking to, before we assigned any deity, before any culture do that, we just all knew we need to be talking to something. You know what I'm saying? So that's a guttural necessity. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like the beauty of what music does is it somehow, obviously this this is orchestrated by a divine all-knowing creator you know what i'm saying yeah. that knew that this is just how i designed humans you know what i'm saying but like um there's a guttural reaction that like the, it, who people who walk into my shows who don't prescribe to my faith yeah you know what i'm saying respond to that soul that's that's you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. that, that 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 again that guttural like yo this is i needed this yeah. you feel me and like 
And to me, that's like, I, I don't know if there's anything more beautiful than that. You know what I'm saying? Than like that, that moment that that person feels seen and known, you know, and then, and I think what I've been learning the most is like how you, you step in there thinking this is going one way that like I'm bringing something to them, but I just think more, the more mature I've gotten, the more I've grown and more I'm like, no, I'm actually like, I'm taking, I'm receiving so much more. God's showing me, humbling me, teaching me so much more than I could possibly ever in an hour set, like give to someone else. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I think I, I actually enjoy that part almost more is like the just sort of gobsmacked that I get like at the end of a tour was like, you know what, dude, I totally had no idea what I was talking about. Whoa, this is what's really happening. You know what I'm saying? This is, and it's just, it's dope, dude. That's, that's, I think I enjoy that the most about touring is like keep finding myself humbled, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How's, uh, how's been the response with like, um, just, um, with more of like uh, the younger crowd as you're as you're going out doing your thing, what, like what do you see that's going on with the, the Dude, younger, yeah. like like eighteen, nineteen? What's the difference between the vibe with with them, mm-hmm. this gen, you know, this generation? They're all guys that listen to like Little Peep and all yeah, these yeah, different yeah, dudes yeah, yeah, yeah. to like. I think that like what, they, what do you think's happening with them? Yeah, I think that they like they've lived in just the death of institutions. Just the fall of all institutions is what they know. So they just, if something is an institution, like an established thing, they're going to like reject it. So like, that's what, that's what streaming did. Like streaming ended the, the music industry. Like it ended the the institution of it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you saw the stock market crash. You saw housing bubble crash. You saw the twin towers fall. You saw all these, these structures that me and you Mm -hmm. were taught to trust. Mm-hmm. All they know is I can't trust that. You know what I'm saying? So if you come speaking the language of the empire, speaking the language, even if it's a Christian, if it's just I, you sound like the institution. Mm-hmm. So they're going to like, I'm not, I'm not even trying to hear what you have to say. So what I found is like, that's interesting. Yeah. So what I found with these younger dudes is like, they first tune in cause they go, okay, you don't sound like the empire. I'm not really, it's clearly, it's not mumble rap. You know what I'm saying? You're mm-hmm. saying something. Yeah. And you're saying stuff that I know my parents are trying to tell me, but you don't sound like my parents. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they're like, they like the fact that like, you know, you're, I'm not on this major label. You're not a part of this. You, you, you know, you came up here and this is a van. You know what I'm saying? This venue's smaller. It's like, you're actually, this is. Grassroots. This is grassroots. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I, I vibe with you over that. You feel me? Yeah. Um, and of course, like, and, and, and I feel like in a lot of ways, I can learn from them in the sense that like, they have a better understanding of both and rather than either or. So they're like, well, no, I like this and that. Like, yeah. why do I have to choose? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I like metal and rap. Like, I can't. Yeah. What are you what's wrong with liking them both? Hey, you know that, what I'm saying? That's actually, yeah, that's different than in our era. Yeah, you had to choose. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Not like, anymore. Yeah. Everyone, I mean, you let, you turn on their iPad or their phone and they're yeah. listening to yeah. everything. Yes, totally. And it's like, dude, like. That's dope. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? So, like, that's what, that's what I've seen. That's yeah. dope. So, uh, what what are some other what? Are, so you're you're married. I am. You're uh, you got daughters. Two of them. So tell tell, tell me a little me, bit. Tell, me, tell the listeners about how oh, that. Yeah. Tell the listeners about how it is being a dad. If you want to be, you're you're a Christian. You're a dad. Mm-hmm. You're a husband. You're touring. Yeah, dude. 
speak some life into people on that whole situation. Man, um, I think in one end, it's not any more difficult than any other dad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or any other person just legitimately trying to keep their priorities in order, be present, um, you know, and sort of like main thing, the main thing type things, you know, there's oftentimes for me, it's like my wife always says, like, it takes about four days when I come home for me to like put my plate away. Like, cause we are on tour, you know, you roll out of bed at 1130 and there's catering, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. and they don't want me to pick up my plate because they're there to serve me. It's yeah. like, no, let me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I go home and my wife's just looking at me, walking away, rolling her eyes. Like you just left your plate on the you know what I'm saying? So it's like that that sort of jolting back into like, okay, no, you're a dad. You know what I'm saying? Is 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 one of my like harder things. And then just like sort of which I think would be a, a thing I would give to everybody is like you're 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 managing sort of the totality of another. Like if you think about how much how much you are in your own head and how your emotions and your opinions might be everywhere at the same moment. Like that's your own brain and you're sifting that out. Yeah. Now you got to do that with three other people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like acclimating myself and not being defensive. Oh, okay. I'm about, I'm trying to say a lot, but like it's, it's just as hard for you mm -hmm. as it is for me. Like I don't have a, 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 uniquely harder and i also don't have a solution i'm figuring this out like everybody else is yeah but i will say this one of the things i would i would encourage listeners on this one i think one of the things that i often have to do is ask myself whether it's my own theology or even just my relationship with my children and my wife is and we go to counseling like we see a therapist like yeah why not you know what i'm saying hey marriage yeah. that's so underrated christian marriage counseling are you kidding it's me, amazing bro? i like you're tripping. You're trying to figure this out yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, dude. So, um, so one of the things that we practice, we have is like, I always say to myself, what's the higher question? What's the greater question being asked? What is the higher question? What do I mean by that? Okay. You walk in the door, your wife's like, could you, could you take the freaking trash out? Can you take the trash out? She's kind of pissed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And your first thought is like, Okay, I still got my bag in my arm. Like I haven't even put my keys down. I've been you you're here. You've been looking at this trash the whole time. How is this how is this possibly you yeah. Do you know what just happened? It like you ain't even how is your hi, how are you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? So all of those things are defenses, right? Yeah. So it's like so I have to say to myself, okay, what's the higher question? The higher question at that moment is Babe, do you care about us? We miss you, and I want you to show me that you're thinking about me. That's the higher question. So now the 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 easiest answer at that moment would just be like, hey bro, just put the bag down, take the trash out, dog. It's not worth it. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. take the trash out, homie. Like mm -hmm. you're just take the trash out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But the the spiritual growth at that moment is to say, no, my wife is asking me, do I care about her? My wife is asking me, am I concerned about my family? And the answer is absolutely I'm concerned about my family. Yeah. So 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 I so don't defend it. You know what I'm saying? So I think my encouragement to y'all 
to any anybody out there like in the same position, especially as a dad, is like, yo, like, always ask yourself the higher question. You know what I'm saying? Assume the best of your children. Assume the best of your wife. Your wife ain't trying to hurt your feelings. Yeah. She ain't. She ain't. She ain't trying. She's not trying to hurt you. And if she is, then y'all really need to go see a, see a counselor because you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be trying to hurt you. Like she's not. I'm not yeah. in competition with you. We're on the same team. Like yeah. so, I don't. We don't. We don't talk like winning arguments. Like you can't defeat a person on your team. Like we're on the same team. You know what I'm saying? Like no. Like if you lose, we lose. Right. So like when you when you think of things that way, like think the best of her. Think the best of your children. Your children just miss you. Like that's what they miss you. Like that's why she's being a jerk. Right. That's why your daughter's a jerk right now. Mm-hmm. She misses you. You know what I'm saying? And you ain't respond right. She's trying to tell you in her own 13 year old way. Like I miss you. All you're saying is like, okay, so seriously, your 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 pants you just wore today are seriously still in the middle of the floor right there. Like I bought you the coolest possible dirty clothes hamper that you picked out yourself. You can't just. It's not even. It's 12 <laughs> inches away from you. Just put yeah. it in the. With the rest of the, I don't understand why you can't put, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, nah, bro, like, yeah. hey, baby, I love you, I missed you, how was your day? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I have to, for me, that's my, like, every day, like, what's the higher question? What's the greater question? What's the greater question? And it's not, yo, I'm praying for you, homie. Like, yeah, yeah. I hope y'all praying for me, because propaganda messes this up often. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's so relatable just to, uh, even just other dads, fathers that yeah, are that dude. are coming home from work, I mean... We we travel, but uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people work a lot, many hours a day. Totally, and they get home and the, the kids are already asleep. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, we work at night, you know. Yeah. So so I see I, my kids during the day. Totally. But yeah, I mean, a lot of guys work from the day. By the time they get home, they're working late at the office. They eat dinner. The kids are asleep by seven or eight yeah. or whatever time they get. Everyone's to go to bed. exhausted. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So yeah, it's the same yeah, thing. You, yeah, and I mean, like even those working moms out there, like I had to learn. Obviously, like I mean, for y'all familiar with me, like my wife, my wife works. She works yeah. really hard, and she's very smart, you know. And and there are times that like I'm kind of at the crib, like, did you, did you miss me, babe? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I'm not on tour, I'm home. So I'm yeah. just like, hey, you want to go do lunch? And she's like, uh, I'm at work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm like, but do you, do you miss me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you know? like, hey, dudes, like fellas, like have emotions, like have feelings, like that you're. Just, you're tripping stop lying to yourself like tell your wife you miss her you know mm-hmm. tell her you like love her tell her you need her tell her you like my feelings are hurt because i want your attention like tell her you know what i'm saying like just don't buy this like machismo like don't buy it bro like mm-hmm. tell your lady tell your lady she hurt your feelings and you want a hug tell her <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i do you i'm know? driving down there at lunch to get a hug hey baby i'm coming over because i just need a hug <laughs> yeah yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> they need they, they need to know that. Yeah, because we can get so caught up in our own world sometimes, and Bro. just you're just on the grind, just thinking about everything else, and then you just become a roommate. You know what I mean, dude? My and wife you, says that all the time. That's what you like don't want. Roommate. You don't want the roommate. Yeah, like hello, hello. Yeah, I'm over here. Oh, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, totally. We're just business partners. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> yeah, all right, so uh, I don't know. I think we have like uh, almost 15 minutes left. All right. But, but t- tell me this: What uh, what are you up to now? What's going on? How yeah, can people man. find you? What were you touring? You just got off tour. You got a new album? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm making a ton of music, a ton of poetry. I'm writing now, really planning out 2019. We got a lot of surprises. I've had a lot of like sort of internal kind of management changes and stuff like that. So like this is going to be some really awesome rollouts. Um, 
we have a podcast, me and my wife. Uh, oh, yeah, I heard yeah, about that. What's yeah, the deal Red with Couch that? Podcast. Um, so we're planning season three now. We'll, we'll most likely tour that next year. Um, super excited about that. That was probably like when I was doing the music tours, that was like the number one requested like tour the pod. And I'm like, y'all don't want no more. You don't want me to rap? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're hurting my feelings? No. Um, but yeah, so we'll be touring the pod. We're like, we created some video content that'll be rolling out pretty soon. Um, and just like really like a lot of the stuff we're dealing with now and a lot of stuff I'm dealing with too uh, is really just like the 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 nuance and the ambiguity that I feel like life and culture has sort of like almost in a lot of ways like forced us into um, whereas I, I think it's like this is live, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I think like, you know, for example, I think we have a lot of ways of like our brains attempting to like create like shortcuts. So I think in a lot of ways we oversimplify a lot of things and look for easy bullet pointed like rules about things. And it's like, okay, if points A, B, and C are there, then I can get my brain around it. We just don't live in a world that allows for that. We never have, but more, more importantly, or now more recently, even even the more like it's just these your stru- your infrastructure can't work anymore. Right. Um, for example, like if uh, I'll use the easy example of like cuss words. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's just use that for example. Okay. Right. Cuss words are generally inappropriate. Right. Um, it's just because it's, it's not meant for the for the moment. Right. But if it was as easy as if speaking words of life, speaking the way that God has called us to speak was as easy as avoiding some vocabulary words, then anyone could do that. Mm-hmm. What God is calling you to is something so much more nuanced and so much more needing the Holy Spirit to accomplish, right? right. So like, for example, like I could refer to you, Ryan, mm-hmm. by like your title, right? And I'm, maybe the words out of my mouth are appropriate, but... If I know if I'm not affirming you or not, and you know if I'm not affirming you or not, mm-hmm. if I was just like, all right, all right, radio host Ryan Reese, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. you doing it, homie, yeah, you doing it, Ryan, mm-hmm. like this is profane speech. Yeah. I just, I yeah. just cursed at you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and God's gonna hold me accountable for that. Mm-hmm. You feel me? That's a much more difficult thing than for me to not, you know, say the f word. Like that's. Anyone cannot say the F word. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's so, interesting. Yeah. So, so I think the type of stuff that I really want to get into is like those in between sort of nuanced things, these places in culture that I think that like Christians are forced to now think about. Like, you know, what do you it, it, use the big, biggest examples? Like, what do you do? What do you, what do you do with a refugee? What do I do with that? Mm. Right. Well, you know, you know, your savior was a refugee. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Well, what do I, how do I, what do I, what do I do with this? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, there's, there's some, there's some in between in here. Like, ooh, that's interesting. Like to me, it's like, that's the stuff for good music. Like that's some good poetry. That like, mm. yo, like what you were talking about to where you were like, yo, we were, we're both divorcees, right? Mm. It would be easy to be like, oh, well, you're divorced. Well, you couldn't, you couldn't be in a pulpit. You, you're mm. divorced. Like, wait, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. really, really. Tell me about that. Tell me, tell tell me what disqualifies yeah. Ryan from preaching from a pulpit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like these are 
we got to think we got to really rethink about our our you know rethink our infrastructures you that's know? interesting yeah. that's the type of stuff that like for 2019 like that's the type of stuff i'm going to talk about and kind of rap about and just kind of go there so be, you'll be producing an album there's definitely an album when, when will that when do you think like i don't know man if i told you i'd kill you you know yeah um but we're like totally in the throes of it like Video content, like I said, some poetry and writing a game poetry. Done. Probably a book coming. Yeah, I was gonna actually ask yeah. you that when I, when I first saw you earlier today. Yeah, you have a, you don't have a book out yet. I had a book. I have a book. Mm -hmm. It's a poetry book. Okay. Um, but it's out of print, and we only did three thousand copies. So okay, sorry, guys, uh, you missed it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we'll run some more. It's on Amazon. Yes, a thousand uh, bucks now. Yes. But, so, um, uh, but we're making a new book. So do you have a? Yeah, I mean, you're working on a new publisher. Or All that. Oh yeah, new publisher. Dope, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man, we'll be rolling stuff out like pretty soon. You gotta definitely do a book. That'll I open up. Definitely gotta do a book. More, more reach. Yeah. And it's so awesome. A book is like you're gonna be in front of so many more eyeballs of people that you would never even know. Totally. I mean, it's so funny. I was be with Head, you know, from mm -hmm. Corn. Just saying it for the audience. But uh, yeah, I, I was in Vegas, and this old lady comes up. She's like, I'm talking like older, like in the '80s. She's like. Are, are are you that guy from that band Corn? Yes. Yeah. Head. She, she yeah. like read his book. Yeah. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, and he's just the most just loving human ever. So, yeah, yeah. Like we love you. They got a picture, but just like when when your book goes out, it just reaches yeah. all young, old, just a massive audience. Yeah, it's dude. So much yeah. more reach. I'm excited about it, man. Like I'm excited about the possibility of that. You know. And I think like when I think about books, like I think more, like Langston Hughes, like Tolkien, G.K. Chesterton. Like I think that more than just like professor like preacher writing a yeah. book you know what i'm saying yeah. so it's like it'll be very creative a lot of poetry a lot of like sort of said nuanced kind of speech but definitely gonna do it looking forward to that yeah dude that'll be sick what about you bro like are you gonna uh, uh i i am working on a book right now rad exactly. was i not supposed to ask that no no <laughs> okay oh wait are we live hey we're totally live sorry <laughs> good yeah no uh it's totally yeah read your book, it's man. uh it's, i'm working on it but i want it to be different I, yeah. I don't want to, you know, I, and it's not, it's not going to just be like my story. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to, uh, I want to just definitely empower and encourage people to, to live that life that they were created for. Yeah, there'll, there'll be, there'll be stuff for my story, but, um, I, I actually have an idea for two different books. Oh, well then write them both. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I want to, what I love about y'all, man, is it's just, it's the same as like, like I said, like the, just really my philosophy about like how I do like life ministry and business is like, you can't be afraid you can't be afraid of the grenade. Like, throw the grenade. Yeah. You know, throw the grenade, blow it up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, like, try something else, you know? Yeah. If everybody's, if everybody's, like, I'm the type of dude that's, like, if everyone's going left, I'm, like, I'm totally going right. I'm yeah. just going to swing the other way. I'm not going to try to, like, if everybody's going this way, I'd have to be literally the fastest, strongest person going that way. I'm not. Mm -hmm. So, I'm just going to go this way and be the only guy doing this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just throw the grenade. And that's what I love about, like, even the station. You guys just throw the grenade. We're just going to do this. That And that's been the whole theme of everything we've ever done is just to, I mean, we, ever since the beginning, since the movement started, you yeah, know, yeah. we went against the whole grain of, of everything. Yeah. And, and people are like, you can't do that. And we're like, okay. really? Okay, well, yeah. we're going to just see what God... God clearly has given us a vision to do this, and he's given us little pieces at a time, so we just keep walking through doors. Totally. And I never thought I'd be doing a radio show. Yeah. Uh, God opened a door for, for this other station to call me, and like, hey, we want you to do a radio show. I'm like, really? I'm like, I've never done a radio show. Well, we're going to give you the time. We, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to start interviewing people. And then it just, as yeah. the time went on, getting all these cool people coming in, and, and yeah, uh, just... 
And now all some people would love it and we're like, yeah. sick. What also helps <laughs> that like you're cool. Oh, that's like, cool. Thanks, man. It wouldn't work if you're a jerk. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, God, I got to go do this here. Nah, you like, helps you the homie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That, that's like, I, I mean that seriously. Like, you're Thanks, just man. a cool dude, you know? Right on. Never like, you know, I've been in, I've been in a bunch of backstages. I've been in a lot of green rooms. Mm -hmm. And there are, there are those among us that really like themselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, there are those among us, especially like in the Christian world that like, you know, without, I'm not trying to kill the magic, but we got, like, we got two minutes left. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm not trying to kill the magic, but don't assume that the Christian artist is a Christian. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not, that's an assumption, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but when you meet somebody backstage, that's like truly vibes, again, that soul connection, dude, you just know like that yeah. was real people and I just appreciate it about you. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. That means a lot. Yeah, dude, for real. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, not on me being cool, but uh, the, uh, <laughs> but the other uh, stuff, all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, we we're all going through it, you know. And, and yeah, that's bro. the one thing that I've always loved to do is just kind of meet with people, connect with people, and just uh, those cool people that I come across. Yeah, dude. I, I like to connect myself with them mm -hmm. because uh, we're all in it together, and so and um, we got it. We got to posse up to um, if we're gonna change the world, there has to be a lot of us to go do it. You know, yeah, dude. And there, there are, dope, man. There, there are, they're out there. there. Yep, there's a lot, and Tommy's one of them. Oh, it's my dog. What's up, Tommy? Hey, Tommy, we're we're uh, we're ending this break. Uh, we're going to um the show's over in a couple yeah. seconds, but uh you're running right now, and I don't know where, where's he at right now. He's in Utah, right? No, no, I don't know where he is. Well, actually, I just saw a picture. He's in Utah with Head showed yes. up at some spot. Yes, Tommy from the lead singer from Sleeping Giant is running to where Texas. Yes, he's running, running to Texas. Okay, so we ha I guess we have two minutes left now. So yeah. here, tell me a little bit about Tommy, what's going on, where he's at right now. So Tommy's <laughs> doing this, like, super rad thing for, like, sex trafficking, right? Yes, yes. Like, so I think he's doing, like, some, like, raise awareness. Like He's raising money, to, he's raising money to, to, to do houses. To do houses for these girls. And Tommy is in, like, Sleeping Giant, like, hardcore, changed my life forever, actually, watching them perform. That yes. Was amazing. We saw each other at yeah. a Chain Reaction, right? Yep, last show. Yeah, mm -hmm. last show, which was I had cried. Wish I would have known more about. I wish I would have followed them earlier. But point is, um, yeah, he's just like a psycho dude, like just running to another state um, to raise money for. He's out here just like rescuing these like kids from all over the place, and is, it's just is, is he doing all right? Uh, I saw him doing some acupuncture on his on his Instagram. He had to get acupuncture because his leg was like locking up. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about running from. Did he start in California or Utah? Utah. Started Utah. So he's running from Utah to. Texas it, running. It's the guy's just. He is a psychopath. I don't get it, man. I, I I mean I get it, but I don't get it. <laughs> that guy is a that guy's a X man, dude. Like he's just he's. Some people are just cut from cloths that you're just like. There's you're a unicorn, bro. There's yeah. no other. Tommy's one of those dudes where you're just like you're this not There's nothing like you. Tommy, we love you. Love you, dog. And hey, listeners, go to thewhosoevers.com. Uh, shoot, if you want to get any of our products, we have it. Uh, it, it supplies our, um, helps fund our high school tours. Yeah. We're going to public schools. We're preaching the gospel. Kids are getting saved. And it's sick. Props. Thanks for being on, dude. My pleasure, man. Love y'all. Love you guys.
Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.